All Sport Breakfast. All Star Panel. And our All Star Panel consists of Mr. Josh Price. Hello. Kia ora, Darcy. How are you? Yeah, very, very well. And Paul Allison. Paul, greetings to you. Good morning, gents. That's an interesting term. Yep. Okay, we'll take that. Let's kick things off. First up, you like that pun there? Kick things off. Let's talk about the FIFA World Cup. It's been up and running. We're in day number six now. Josh Price, just give us a gut feel on how it's worked for you, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Uh, I, like most football World Cups, take about a week to get into them. But, yeah, I was up this morning to make sure I got to see the uh, the start of the England-USA uh, game. I know it started at 8am and you've been up much earlier, Darcy. But for me, on a Saturday morning, that's decently significant, uh, especially to watch an international football match. So I'm getting there. I think the office sweepstakes also helped. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. You're starting to get teams eliminated. Yes, get out of there, Qatar. But, um yeah, I, I'm I'm all about it at the moment. Yeah, don't you feel sorry for the players? Somebody texted, it's all very well to go, that Qatar for actually getting it, Qatar for getting it, but the poor players at home being injected so quick, you've got to feel a wee. Have you got any soul, Josh Price? <laughs> I don't feel bad for the players because they're only in there because their country bought the World Cup in the first place. They wouldn't be <laughs> at the World Cup in the first place. They got to experience one. Fair enough. More than we did. G'day, Paul. What do you make of it all? $200 billion Qatar have spent on this World Cup. So it's a pretty hefty price to pay um, to be able to have the hosting rights. Yeah, I've actually enjoyed the first week. And you've got those upsets with Argentina being beaten by Saudi Arabia, uh, Japan beaten, beating Germany 2-1. Uh, I think it's it's sort of thrown up a few upsets, a few predictable uh, results. Qatar out, that'll be disappointing for the for the home fan base. And a lot of controversy. I guess Budweiser has probably taken the headlines. Uh, now they're seeking $47 million from FIFA after the last-minute alcohol ban inside the stadiums. Apparently that deal is worth $75 million to be the official beer supplier. So if you're a beer drinker, you'd be hoping that your team will win because all the unsold beer is going to the country that wins the World Cup this year. Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it, Josh, with this this FIFA controversy with Budweiser and what Qatar have done. That they've turned around at the last minute. They've done a 180 and they've just dropped Budweiser on their head. Look, I know it's their nation and I know they don't have alcohol and so on and so forth, but you don't sign on the dotted line to host a big event like this, a global event worth so much with all that and suddenly turn around and go, we don't like, no, we're not doing it. This is our ball. We're going away with it. I mean, what's that about? Well, you've got to put that at the feet of FIFA for not having that signed on the, like, properly signed, saying you have to sell alcohol at your stadium because we're going to sell the rights to it. Uh, you can, they've left themselves open and exposed to to being in this situation and allowing Qatar to make that decision at the last second, being able to, because they didn't put it in the fine print saying, if you're going to host a football World Cup, you have to sell beer at your stadiums. Uh, it seems a weird thing to put into a contract, but it's such a big part of football World Cups gone in the past that they needed to make sure it was there. Plus, they've also obviously spent or taken $75 million from a beer company, and they didn't have the the, the paperwork to suggest that they could actually deliver that for Budweiser. So, I mean, I hope Budweiser go after FIFA, and, and they get paid quite nicely for it. Yeah, and Paul, well, what about the trouble around the uh, the armbands and the players going, we're going to wear these, we're going to protest, FIFA went, oh, we're going to yellow card you, then, okay, fine, we, we don't care anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty quick about face, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and you're also getting a lot of the security guards actually taking people, uh, reporters with um, armbands on that might have rainbow colours in them that they've been asked to remove them. Um, the the swords, the, the, the mock-up swords that the British fans have, um, the English fans, uh, they've been banned from the, the grounds as well. But just going back to Budweiser for a second, they've been a major sponsor of FIFA since 1986. Now, that's a long time to be part of a um, a major international sporting event like this. Now, that'll put some major pressure on them as well. So, yeah, I guess there's more discussion around off the field, Darcy, in the first week than what there has been on the field. But I think as we get into it and, and we get round this uh, through this pool play, uh, we'll get into the real, the, 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 the sort of the business end of this competition. And, uh, you know, I don't know who you're picking to win this because it's just an absolute lottery when you go back uh, and you see that, um, yeah, I think you've, the last six or seven competitions, there's been different winners. You've got to go back to, what, Brazil winning in 2002 and 1994 before you've got out oh, in France last time in 1998. So, you know, they've had a fair few changes in terms of the winning team. I'm, I think Brazil might win this time. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, I can't put the kibosh on any team, Paul. It's not fair. Anyone at home saying, no, don't, please don't support it. Please don't do it. I've been a fan of German football for as long as I can remember. There's a story behind it, but I won't bore you with it now. Go Deutschland. 19 away from 9. More on the panel coming up next. Supercars not coming to New Zealand. Are you kidding me? Black Caps. Maybe a bit of softball. She's all on. Up between now and 9. Here on News Talk ZB. Still 0-0. 41 gone. It's quarter to nine. All-star panel consists of Josh Price and Paul Allison. Josh, last night, Tom Latham, with a steady diet of domestic cricket, none of this T20 luck, goes in there and strikes one of the better tons you'll ever see, mate. Yeah, it was a beautiful knock. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Jamie Howe at McLean Park several years ago, chasing down 330-odd against England, where he had 142. It was just a beautifully paced innings. He got in, he started around a run of ball, and then he just really made sure he picked the bad balls. He was particularly good behind the wicket, uh, hooking around the around the back there and behind fine leg over for six a few times. Um, pulled apart those young Indian bowlers and it uh, might just make the Indians go, maybe we shouldn't have had two fast bowlers on test debut, uh, so ODI debut. Um, but... Yeah, it was just, it was beautiful to watch. It was just, it was nice. I enjoy the ODI format because it allows that, that sort of building of an innings. And, and that's exactly what he did. And Kane played his role perfectly too, recognised that Latham was striking it just that bit better. And, and the two did a wonderful job. So yeah, that, that, that innings would go in the, in the sort of top 10 I've seen from a New Zealand batsman uh, in my lifetime, yeah. Yourself, Paul, what did you make of it? Yeah, great, great effort from the, the Kiwis and lovely partnership from Williamson um, and Latham. I think it also just highlights the difference between T20 and ODIs, the 50 over game, in the sense that you need a little bit of patience and you don't want to be sort of uh, rush your blood to the head too early. And that's what Latham showed last night. It was a big total to chase down, sure, small boundaries at Eden Park, but they played so, so well and just uh, paced their inning so well, which is what Williamson, I think, can do. He's a really internationally class player and he's been under a lot of pressure 
recently in terms of uh, his scoring rate in the T20 game. But he is the sort of player that I think has more time in that ODI to be able to settle himself in and then be able to pace himself through to the end. And that's what they showed last night. Fantastic partnership. Good win. Great way to start the one-day international series, which um, is underway again tomorrow. Hamilton 2.30 in the afternoon kicks off. Hey, Josh, uh, who's the champion V8 supercar driver-elect? Who's the defending V8 supercar champion? In what country has been dominating V8 supercars the last decade? Uh, I believe it is New Zealand. Uh-huh. And where aren't the supercars going next year? Uh, Indonesia? No, yeah, they're not coming to New Zealand either. <laughs> I asked for that, didn't I? Does that upset, does <laughs> I that upset you? Any too? country in the no, world. I know you could have done I'm, I'm sorry. Stop laughing, Alison. I can hear you in the background. Hey. So, so, Josh, should we be upset by this? Do we point a finger and start blame-storming or just shrugging again or whatever? Oh look, we can we can definitely be upset by this, but I mean it's it's the kind of thing you can look at the details as to why it's happened, and you sit there and you go, yeah, I kind of get it. Um, and so it's it's extremely disappointing. I've been out to Pukekohe a couple times in my life, and it's a wonderful weekend. And I know the motorheads love it, and they've been showing up more and more as the years go on. So the the appetite's definitely there. It's just who's going to front the bill, especially mm. now that there's not really a racetrack within the Auckland boundaries, and other councils around the country aren't aren't you know flush with cash and ready to invest a whole lot of money into these sorts of things. So it's just a bit of a oh bugger, um, who's who's next in line? There just needs to be someone come forward with a bunch of cash and say, look, I'm ready to get get this thing going, whether it be down here in Christchurch or. Or, I mean, Hamilton and the Waikato trying to do it again through uh, Hampton Downs there. But the writing was kind of on the wall. It just didn't appear that clear. There must be a couple of mullet heads with Tiranas that can power around the octagon. Paul Ellison, make up for it. Darcy, I live one kilometre away from Highlands Motor Park in Central Otago. Oh, wow. And there is no one more enthusiastic in motorsport in this country, in my opinion, than Tony Quinn, who owns both and set up both the Highlanders and Hampton Downs. Sure, Hampton Downs might have some issues around being able to fit in the number of spectators in the grandstands and being quite close to State Highway 1. But if there's someone that's going to make uh, motorsport happen in this country, it is Tony Quinn. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he does sort of put his hand up in some way to be able to make this happen in 2024. I think it'll come back. It'll be a year where you're probably a bit thin on the ground to be honest, Ask with no um, uh, World Rally Championship being held in New Zealand as well. Um, but it'll come back. And with Pukekohe closing in April next year, uh, what have they got? Hampton Downs, Taupo, Highlands, Ruapuna. None of them probably quite ready to be able to cater the way it needs to for supercars. But uh, 2024, I think it'll be back in the country where it'll be. Who knows? I'm quite happy for it to be uh, next door. I'm happy to put up with the noise for a few days. <laughs> Trouble is it's hard for people to get there. That's a the problem with Highlands Park. Tony Quinn also owns uh, oh, Topol. 40 minutes from Queenstown. We've got, we've got an airport down here, don't worry. Yeah, well, the drive, the drive, anyway, enough already. Yeah, to, Tony Quinn owns Topol as well. He's got the Queensland Raceway too, so he's got quite a few of them. And uh, well, last but certainly not least, gents, Josh Price. Softball World Cup starts today. Should it have more traction? I, uh, it should have, because I actually didn't realise it was going on until I got sent the note saying, what, what are we going to be talking about? So I was scrambling around going, my goodness, how have I missed this? Um, because it, it hasn't been on my radar at all. It hasn't come through any of my social. I haven't seen it on any mainstream media. So, yeah, we, we really need to be pumping this up because we we are the, the traditional powerhouse of, of men's softball. And so it's 
quite surprising that we haven't had any sort of build-up to it, or at least I haven't seen any sort of build-up because I don't walk around with my eyes closed. Um, so, yeah, maybe some more traction needs to go into it. But I also think maybe this is just the, the fact that it's not a professional sport and there's just not a whole lot of money behind it to, to pump it up in the way that you see with other sporting events. Paul? It's flown under the radar more this time than in the past. I mean, we've won it seven times since the competition was set up in 1966. We won it in 2013, 2017, and then um, Argentina's the defending champion in 2019. When it's been held in New Zealand, I think the last time in 2013, it had a lot of coverage. This time, a little bit under the radar, but um, as the competition goes on and the Black Sox get into action, looking for their eighth title, um, I think um, we'll get more and more coverage. They play Czech Republic today, 1.30, and then tomorrow against USA, Argentina, Philippines and Cuba in their side of the pool. Then they have sort of three more wouldn't call it repercharge games but they play the top three teams in the other pool and then um, they work out who the top four teams are going to the semi-final. So yeah, that's all going to happen over the uh, next nine days. 50 games in total, 12 countries participating and all, all of the action um, in Rosedale Park in Auckland. So yeah, we'll get more coverage but it has been a pretty quiet build-up I think for the softball world championships. We're starting the ball rolling, Paul Allison, Josh Price. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. You have wonderful weekends, huh? It is 8.51. This is News Talk ZB on the All Sport Breakfast.